Welcome to Sports Cash, a space to discuss sports and money. I'm your host, KD. And this is your host, Vlad, Mr. ESPN. All right, Cash Crew, we're back after a long layoff. How you feeling, Vlad? I'm good. A long layoff for some people, unlike others. You know, people get to go on vacations now. But we got to... that's what we do. We got a brief, good uh, discussion for you guys this week. We're just going to touch base on what's going on around the league of the NBA. Um, we're down to the final stretch. I believe there's about 12 games left in the NBA season, so it's about to be the best time of the year. Obviously, playoff basketball coming up very, very soon. But there's been a lot of different things that's going on in the league. But before we get into that, we definitely want to touch bases on one of the biggest things that happened in um the sports world definitely the basketball world um for those that know those that don't know um a young man named terrence clark um who plays for the university of kentucky has passed away this week through a unfortunate accident in los angeles california um from what reports said um he had a car crash um fatal accident um i believe he may have died on the scene not too sure about that but this very, 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 very unfortunate situation. Um, had a you know good playing career. Um, was supposed to be in this year's draft, actually, and actually be a top prospect in this draft. And um, unfortunately, never is going to get that chance to fulfill his dreams and um, live the life he truly was able to live. So, this definitely want to send out you know condolences and prayers out to his family. And all those that was close to him or knew him, um, you know, it's tragic to see somebody with so much talent um, go out like that um, in an unfortunate situation. Yeah, that's really sad, man. He was only 19. And I was actually in L.A. when this happened. So, you know, I was in L.A. on vacation and I didn't know at the time we just was stuck in traffic. So. I didn't know what what it was. I saw, you know, the accident scene and lo and behold, when I get home, I see that everyone's mourning saying that uh, this kid had passed away. So it was really shocking to see that I actually saw the accident and see it break um, in the news. So, yeah, very, very tragic. And we pray for the families. We got our thoughts and prayers going towards the families because, man, being able to you know, going through a situation of being able to see, uh, you know, my cousin go through the draft. I couldn't imagine the type it would have been to, you know, my condolences to the family. Maybe they hear it, maybe they won't, but hopefully they, they find comfort in the coming years. It's going to take a long time. When there's a young death, it takes a long time to get over that for sure. That's definitely for sure. Um, but let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, it's the home stretch. 12 more games left in the NBA season. Um, so that means definitely things about to get a little heated in the NBA. But before the before we get there, we gotta talk about something that's that's I mean, it's mind blowing at this point. Is Stephen Curry the best point guard in the NBA? Uh right now, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, the way he's been playing, uh he's best player in the NBA for the past however many weeks i don't know how long how long he can do this and what 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 is going on with curry like did he 
what kind of superhuman juice did he drink? He's the Monstars right now. What is going on? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know in the beginning of the season because a lot of people say Clay was out and KD left. They said this is going to be the year that Curry's going to have to prove himself, and he's making the case for it. I mean, yes, Golden State's not necessarily playing well, and they're not the Golden State that we remember. That we remember, they're currently tenth in the West right now, but Curry's playing like out his mind. Like, I mean, I I haven't seen a clip of this high level basketball probably since oh six Kobe. 07 Kobe. I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 crazy. I mean, dude is ah oh, man. And run, he's run, it, run through his stats. Run through his stats, man. So Curry at the moment for this season is averaging 31.2 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 5.8 assists. However, for the month of April, Curry's averaging 38.2 points, 4.6 assists, and 6.4 rebounds. He has 10 games straight of 30-plus in a row. He has four 40-plus games in the month of April and one 50-plus game in the month of April. And he also broke the record of having 83 threes in the month of April alone. Yeah. 83. Some people don't want to shoot 83 threes in a season. He has 83 threes in 30 days. Well, it's not a full 30 days because it's not the 30th day of the month yet. So we still got a couple yeah, more months days. It's not so. over. <laughs> I mean, I know he, I know we, he, well, he probably will go, but now has the best shooter ever, but. It's like every year he's just like, all right, let me take it up a level. All right, y'all think I had enough? And then let me take it up a level. And he's not getting younger. Crazy thing is that they're just, it's not necessarily, well, I, I you can't say this, not tra- translating to uh, wins because wasn't he out for a while? He was out for a little bit. But he's keeping so, Golden State relevant right now. I mean, without him, Golden State would probably be like the third worst team in the NBA. Like last year, yeah. So they're definitely it. Def his his presence is definitely leading to wins, and that's the most important stat. He's doing everything, and everything is is amounting to wins. They're in the hunt now. They're in the tenth spot, and this year, and only this year, because if you recall, the NBA only signed the contract for this tournament style thing for one year. So most likely, if it goes well, most likely they'll re up and do it forevermore but they're only trying it this year so they're in they're in the playoff hunt they're in the 10th spot and if the playoffs were to start today they would be playing against san antonio which i don't think san antonio wants to see them no no san antonio doesn't have enough to to beat curry um they're both kind of in the same boat it's just the fact that literally the only difference is that golden state has curry other than that, they both stinky teams. But yeah, they have Curry and San Antonio doesn't. Yeah, I'm looking but at Lord this. have mercy. If Portland Portland was to go on a slide, hmm. Man, if we got to see a play in game with Portland and Golden State and have Dame and Steph go at it, 
that's much that's much watch basketball. I think that would be that might be better than uh Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell in the bubble last year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, look, they were on the same team and they were going at it in the in the um all-star game. So I didn't want to go past this, you know, just in case people listening don't know how this works. So let me explain the NBA play in tournament, how it works. So instead of, you know, the usual where we used to have top eight, was it top eight seeds? Top eight um, seeds. Go on into the playoffs. That still remains. It's just now that the top six are waiting for the, for the bottom, you know, seven or Actually, six. Through, seven I'm through sorry. Ten. It's the top six seeds. Was it no? Is that that's NFL? That's no, NFL, NFL take. Yeah, it's, it's NFL because NBA. Here's here's how it works. So we have. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. NFL because yeah, because yeah, the top two teams get the bye week. Yeah, you're right. So it is eight in NBA. I'm tripping. Yeah, I'm yeah. tripping. So my fault. This is how it works. The um, you know, prior to the season, they didn't do this, but for this season, they're going to have you know seventh through tenth place fighting for the seventh and eighth seed. So even though you're the seventh seed, you could lose and technically you could not make the playoffs somehow. So, well, seventh seed is, is going to be the, the easiest one though. So you have seventh seed and eighth seed or what they're going to call the seven, eight game. And the loser of the seven, eight game will play the winner of the nine, 10 game. Okay. So, 7-8 game, 9-10 game. 7-8, whoever wins that 7-8 game becomes the seventh seed. Whoever loses the 7-8 game waits for the winner of 9-10. So 10 is eliminated. If they lose, 10 is eliminated. If 9 loses, they're eliminated. Whoever wins 9-10 game plays the loser of 7-8 game, and they will go for the eighth seed. It's really kind of... It's it's hard to really think about it if you're just hearing me talk about it, but just Google it. Google NBA play-in tournament and find it on their website on NBA.com, and you'll be able to see the actual bracket. It'll make sense. But, yeah, that's that play-in tournament. I could see the stain, actually, um, because of too. how much they like the, the bubble. I could definitely see this stain forevermore. But also gives incentive because you always find those years, especially in the West, when you got those last – eight, nine, ten teams, and they're always a game or two apart. And on paper or playing styles, they're not much of a difference. And you know, like, number nine could easily be an A seed or number – even some years, number ten could be an A seed. And you're just like, man, they just didn't get a chance. Um, so I kind of like it. Um, I hope, you know, they don't drag it. But I kind of like it only because, you know, you look at these teams, um, Portland – Memphis, San Antonio, Golden State. Um, yeah. And, I mean, Portland 32 and 28, Golden State 30 and 30. Two games. I mean, it's very clear they're doing this for Zion. I mean. <laughs> yeah, that too. Because New Orleans is speaking in. For Dame, you know, to get some of these teams in there. And then you got Jaw as well. So, I'm not mad at it, though. And the crazy thing is they did this for Zion and he's still, that team's still tragic they're not they're right outside number 10 and i don't think they make it 
which is I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't think so either. <laughs> NBA bending over backwards and they still don't make it because they're trash. That's what they get, trying to force feed you Zion down your throat. It's like, man, let him develop a little bit more. He's still really on his first full year playing. No, honestly. I mean, it's not even that. It, it, I think he is who we think he is. Like, he's giving us buckets. He's doing every. I mean, he's, he's averaging over 25. So what more can you do on a team where you're the vet, like he's literally the vet in, in his second year. So there's no one on the team that has been has been there longer than him. They traded everyone up else away. So, you know, you just, they just got to get better. They're, they're a young team. If you're a vet, you're the oldest guy on the team that's been on the team longest is Zion. It's, it's not a good deal. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, New Orleans might want to pick up some free agents and offseason. I know you guys let go, J.J. Redick and Drew Holiday, but um, you got a lot of young talent, but you're going to need some vets and some older guys to get over that home to the next step because these young guys, unless you want to wait three, four, five years for them to develop, to develop all together, um, usually teams don't do that no more, um, a.k.a. OKC. Mm-hmm. I think that was the last of that, but um, – if that's the route you want to take, you know, it, it is risky. But if you want to make some playoff runs or even deep playoff runs, you definitely need vets. Guys has been in the league for at least a decade plus um, to teach these young guys how to play basketball at a high level and also how to be a winner. That's most important in this league. You got to learn how to be a winner. Um, so on that note, let's go ahead and move on to one of the catastrophic injuries that I think nobody saw coming. And I think his team is going to take a hit. Jamal Murray turning his ACL. What does that mean for the Denver Nuggets? Jokic is going to have to step up. And if he, if they continue to win, he's a shoe in for MVP. There's not going to be any, there, there should not be any debate. If, no Joel Embiid? No. I don't care what Joel is saying. Troel. But, but <laughs> what, what happens if, Philly gets the number one seed in the East. I don't care. Wow. Jamal Murray, when you lose Jamal Murray and you're still winning games, you're the MVP, period. I don't want to hear about Joel Embiid, Troel Embiid, (laughs) and what's going on over there. Because in the end, when uh, Joel was talking about this on Twitter as he talks about everything on Twitter, this man needs to get a wife or something. Um, So... (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm dominating. Dude, you're doing points and rebounds. Points and rebounds, okay? But okay. Philly's number two in the East right now. That's I mean, per- that's and he's leading them. That's it's not been fine. We understand what the MVP means. It does not mean first seed. It means one of the top four, and that's what Denver is, top four, right? Am I correct in that? Denver is currently number four in the West. Okay, so they filled out that 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 little... Uh, Technically, it's four, top four in the league, not top four in your conference, but go okay. on. Okay. So let's let's go there. Let's let me see. If you're talking about top four in the league, you're gonna look at Utah, Phoenix, Brooklyn, and Clippers. Yeah, okay. And then they're they're right outside that with one, two, three, four. Yeah, five. Probably five or six. They're five. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, six, my bad. Yeah, six. So same thing. I mean, I to me, if I had a vote. I'm I'm voting Jokic because he does way more for his team. They're still a top team. 
Um, I can't justify having Joel Embiid over him. When you look at what he does on the assist side, when you when you add that point that part in it, knowing that he's the best passing big man in the league right now, and they lost Jamal Murray and he's still they're still winning games, it's going to be hard for me to if I had a vote for me to give it to Joel Embiid. I definitely agree. Um, I mean, look at his stats this year, 26.2 points, 10.9 rebounds, and 8.7 assists. I think that's Incredible. the biggest one. Has a big man. You're averaging 8.7 assists. There's guards in this league who never averaged that much in their whole career. Um, and he's doing this, has a big. But, again, just by typical what the NBA usually does, by uh, by trends or past history, it usually goes to the best guy on the best team or the first or second best team in the league. And, again, if Philly f- finished first, I, I kind of see them giving to him Embiid. I mean, I really I really would not mind for Joe Kish to get it. I think he, he deserves it. He's having a phenomenal year, putting up out-of-the-charts numbers. But it's going to be hard unless Denver does some miracle leap and get into the top two in the West. I just – knowing the NBA, they're going to pick a guy that's – one of the top two teams in the league and is probably going to go to NBA. Unfortunately, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a travesty, but the NBA players would, would burn. They'll have something to say about it. Yeah. They would burn shit down. Cause in the end, like, bro, come on now. It's not a, it's not a contest. It's not a contest. I can't say that. Embiid is playing good this year. I can't get it. It's not a, when you add 8.7 assists, it is not a contest. Joel Embiid doesn't do anything near. Give me, pull up his stats. Joel Embiid, 30 points, average 11.1 rebounds, 3.1 assists. It's 30 and 11, though. That's nice. But you're not accounting for eight assists. Let's say it's two points per assist. All right? That's another 16 points that he is. So if you were to take away those assists, it would be his points, No. That's how you got to kind of think of it. Not necessarily, but I see where you're going. So he's, so he's accountable for about minimum 44 points. That's what no threes on those assists. Ball game. <laughs> Ball game. Give me Jokic. You know, so. I mean, I can't disagree with it. I think Jokic, if he wins it, I would not be mad at all. I think Jokic is very well deserving of this MVP award. It just, I again, honestly don't. I don't want to hear about Harden right now. Nah, you can't give it to Harden. He got traded to another team yeah. mid-season. I don't, I don't care how both, good he's both that, LeBron that and AD are out. They missed yeah. games, so it's a two-guy race. And it comes and when you're, it's gonna be tough. Don't get me wrong, because I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm just one that feels strongly about this. I'm sure it's gonna be split down the middle because, yeah, Embiid is balling, and his team is number two versus Denver being number four. Four, so. But, 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 but Jamal Murray getting hurt is what's going to change. That does play, yeah. If they're Um, continuing to win without Jamal Murray, consider it game over. At least for me, I don't know how they think about this, but I I would think that this has something to do with it. Joe Embiid will say, well, it's not my fault Jamal Murray got hurt. Absolutely. In the end, it strengthens the case. Whether you like it or not, it strengthens his case if they continue winning. That's all that matters. But and Jokic on, has already said he doesn't care about that shit. He he wants to win a championship, but yeah, that's not happening this year. But 
Yeah. I mean, it's tough only because Jamal Murray got hurt at the end of the season. So you don't see a whole year. Like, if Jamal Murray got hurt the first maybe one or two months of the season, then you could say, okay, Jokic carried Denver for the remainder of the season. So, but because he got injured at the end of the season, nigga, I'm like, all right, yeah, you, Jamal, it wasn't there, but what, the last maybe 18, maybe 20 it, games? It will count for something. Though. It will count. It will hold in, some in a, weight. In a race this tight, you're looking for anything for separation. And, for Embiid, he has not only his stats. If we offset the stats, you have the success of the teams. And Joel Embiid has that in his corner. But is Joel Embiid with the full-strength team more valuable than mm-hmm. Jokic with his second-in-command gone for the last few? And with a good resume, like I said, it has they have to but Denver win. have a squad now. Don't get I know Jamal Murray's out, but Denver Denver got a squad. That's their number two guy though. Ben Simmons is not out. So that's is it stronger to say that Philly, you know, full strength is, is Joel Embiid is better as a most valuable player, or is Jokic more valuable? To me, it makes more sense. Yes, he's more valuable, especially when the number two guy Murray, is out. Yeah. You know, but we don't know how the NBA really calculates those things. So, very, very interesting stuff. I agree. Um, is the Knicks back? The Knicks are back. Knicks tape. Shout out to Dub. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying this. The Knicks are actually relevant well, in the modern day era. Let me put this on wax. And I've said this to Dub multiple times and all my Knicks fans that I know I do not enjoy when they suck I don't well I mean everybody yeah everybody knows the NBA is better when the Knicks are winning not or at least relevant it's not even that I I enjoy beating the Knicks when they're good I don't like beating (laughs) them when they're (laughs) bad like that petty you like stomping on them when you know they got firepower no it's not petty for that it's it's just a competitor in me I I How's that petty? That's I want petty. them to be. I want them to be good when we stomp their face in. So there's no excuses. That's not petty. That is me being an ultimate competitor and wanting my opponent to be at full strength. If you beat me when you're at full strength, then we can we can just say, Shoot, you know, damn, you got me. Or you know, if we beat y'all at full strength, it's the same way. There's no excuses to be had. Oh well, Randall was her. Oh well, nope. I don't want to hear none of that. They are at full strength. They're playing very well. I enjoy seeing that. I enjoy, uh, I guess the petty side would be me enjoying the fact that the fans would be so, so like filled with anxiety when we, <laughs> and they, they cry. I don't know. I guess that part would be. Petty. I know Knicks fan, they ain't crying. They are cussing you out courtside, even you up by 50. <laughs> Which but. is crazy. The crazy thing about that is that. The Knicks and Miami are similar in like in terms of where they are in the standings and the win loss. But if you look at Heat Twitter versus Knicks Twitter, it is a completely different place. Nine day different. It shows it shows you that one team has won a championship recently. Sorry, I had to throw that one in there. (laughs) (laughs) Expectations are low. I'm saying petty. Like I said, petty. No, no, no. No, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying seeing it. And they play good basketball and they play the basketball that I like. Defense. Right. So that uh Tom Thibodeau for you. And that's really all that changed. 
That's really all That's that changed. Tom Thibodeau all the way. It's good to see, and and I'm hoping that they keep it up so we can see more Knicks tape in the NBA. Everyone loves when the Knicks are doing well, as Absolutely. well as the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> no, hell no. No, niggas, they can go to the dirt. Send them niggas to the gulag. <laughs> but uh, the Knicks are currently 34 and 27 in the East right now, standing in the fourth seed, actually. Uh, three games behind the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they're on a nine game winning streak. I can't. Oof. Is it nine? Or Ten now. It's not. I believe it's. I believe it's nine. But anyway, that didn't even come out my yeah, mouth right. It, mm-hmm. it, ugh, nine games. It was Knicks. What? How? Well, anyway. Um. Oh no. I mean, I I really didn't see this coming. I mean, they did pick up Julius in the off season. That was a good. Um. I, I still don't understand why they let Austin Rivers go because he was playing good for them. But hey, it's neither here or there. But this Hold on, this is this is Julius' first season with them. Yes. Wow, I thought he was there. No, nope. he was. This there. is Julius' first year with the New York Knicks. The first time the New Yorks did free agency correctly for once. Damn, LA, uh, what y'all got going on? Well, he wasn't with LA. Who was he with? Uh, Julius Randall went from LA. From LA, he went to um, get. Can look that up real quick. I'm gonna look it up. Don't worry. New Orleans. Was it New Orleans? Okay. It was New Orleans. Yep. But the Knicks are currently led by their all-star this year, Julius Randle, averaging 24 points, 10.5 rebounds, and six assists. Very, 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 very all-star-like numbers. Um, I hope the Knicks do something right by, one, keeping him. Two, um, find what pieces you can do to build around him along with that young core. This might be the start of something. Um, develop RJ Barrett, um, see what he really could be, and maybe you know get some pieces in the draft. I mean, maybe you, you're probably not gonna have a high draft pick this year, especially if you make the playoffs. But you're still New York City, you're still the Knicks. You got deep pockets. See what stars you can lure um, to the Garden. Maybe a Zach Levine down the road. Who knows? Um, the Knicks just don't blow this opportunity. You got this young core. You're winning now. It seems like Tom Thibodeau is working for you guys. Um, don't let this be a one-year hiccup and then go back to regular Knicks um, agenda like you guys have done in the past. But the Knicks are relevant. I can't believe I've, I'm really looking at this. They are number four in the East, and this is impeccable. So And it's um, legit. Nine and, games, legit. Yeah, a legit, a legit nine-game winning streak. Not this no. is his second season. I looked it up. His, his second season. He played 64 games last year and uh, 60 games this year. Oh, okay. Terrible. Yeah. High. He wasn't that Well, last year just felt so short. And so, yeah. Yeah, he was there last year. Yeah, it's, I can believe it. That's crazy. 2020. I felt like we just finished watching the finals the other month. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I, the Knicks are looking good. I can't even, I can't even cap. Like, the Knicks are... Like dang, it's like one of those things you don't you like you don't kind of want to play a little bit because it's like they really don't have nothing to lose, but they're playing well. So it's like you you kind of have to wake up and play them because they will catch right. you, they will exactly. catch you slipping. Um, any and, team with Frank Nick 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 Tina, whatever yeah, he, it is, he last can go name. to the house too. He <laughs> can go any, to the house if anyone. Nah. Any, they got a uh, Dennis Smith on their their roster as well. But but who's really hooping for them outside of Drew's Randall is D Rose. Wow, you just gonna leave RJ Barrett out? 
he's hooping as well. There's a there's an avid listener that listens to our show every week. Uh, I had a long, long, long conversation about RJ Barrett with him. Um, not gonna say any names, but we're, we're just gonna leave it like that. So I'm not gonna get into the RJ Barrett talk. I have my things about RJ Barrett, but that's neither here or there. What but yeah, you? shout out to the Knicks, man. Um, don't be a first round bounce, which I kind of predict you guys to be. But hey, it is what it is. Um, let's see what they really made of when it comes around May and it's playoff time. Yes, sir. But last but not least, what in the hell is going on with the Boston Celtics? Well, they've cleaned up lately. Um, it was really ugly for a while. But if you notice, the teams that are struggling to, to really have legs are teams that went very deep in the bubble last year. Um, they're, they're struggling right now um, because they're just running out of steam. Um, Utah, pretty fresh. Phoenix, pretty fresh. Clippers, pretty fresh. Look at Denver in the Lakers. Clippers won seven games in, in the second round. That's a deep, that's a deep playoff run. Well, it's not, it's not 30. I mean, it's not what 70 days of rest. So, a lot of the teams that did go deep, I mean, they're, they're struggling to get their legs. There are a lot of injuries this season. I, for one, think the Jamal Murray injury was because there was not enough rest between. So I think it was just of, a freak accident because he landed wrong, though. But I mean, it could be that. But uh, the way uh, I leg, saw it, legs are weaker. You didn't get your offseason treatment. There's, there's a lot of injuries this season that you, it could have been prevented. And you know, league doctors are saying saying so. So um, true, I agree with that. But as far as Boston, Boston's been playing better of late. But they had, you know, our resident Boston Celtics fan Schmidt will tell you, you know, they they are allergic to winning back to back games, and which is a problem. A, but it's a hallmark of a young team. You know, at this point, they shouldn't be labeled <sighs> that way. But like I always say about Jason Tatum, the number one knock against him is the inconsistency. But this time, I don't think it's Jason Tatum. He's been balling and he's been consistent. It's they just can't put it together when it matters. And I really can't put my finger on it because I don't watch them. So are we still using the young team thing? OK, I'm looking at their roster. The core guys, right, that we usually see. Jalen Brown, of course. Okay, I could say young. Taco, well, Taco Fog on play. Um, Evan <laughs> Fournier, he's been in the league for some time now. Um, Jabari they Parker. They just got traded there, so he hasn't really had an impact on the team. True. Jabari Parker just got there, too, and, but he's been around the league for a while. Marcus Smart is kind of borderline. He's, he, I mean, he's still young, but he's he's been in the league. A little time now. He got some games on his belt. Jason Tatum, still fairly young. Tristan Thompson, definitely been in the lead long enough. Kimball Walker's definitely been in the long, lead long enough. And Robert Williams, uh, fairly young. So, I mean, it's a mixture. It's a mixture. They don't have really old guys, but I don't want – I mean, yeah, Jason Tatum and Jalen, I think they're in their third and fourth year, respectively. But it's just like they because they came out the gate with deep playoff runs, it's like – if you, excuse me, calculate it, they almost play probably an, an additional season and a half just because of playoff games added to their, you know, 
resume. So it's like, yeah, they're young, but it's like, guys, y'all been in high leverage games. For goodness sakes, Jason Tatum, you played to game seven against LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, um, I don't know. I mean, they, uh, it, I honestly think this is who they are. I think they overachieved last season. Um, this is who they are. Look at their Kimball Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams. That's not scaring anyone. So I think they're pretty much who they are right now. They're not a top four team in the East. Nope. You know, five or six is pretty much where everyone had their had them pegged, depending on which Miami Heat team wanted to, you know, show up. And they wanted to be, you know, Jekyll and Hyde this season just as well. So Miami is, you know, they are who they are. So I don't think at this point in the season that there are any excuses. The teams are who they are at this point. And we just can't gloss over. We can't really make any excuses for them anymore. So unfortunately. So does anybody in the East fear playing Boston? I mean, does does Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee? No. (laughs) And that's a problem, though. You see what I'm saying? It's like, even though they're the second half of the seedings in the East, you know, you would think, okay, yo, come to playoff time. Yeah, they might be on the second half, but we don't want to play them. And I'm looking at these top teams. I'm like, yo, I think all of them is like, oh, we got Boston. All right, cool. And? You know, I don't know. It's, even New York. New York it, might have a chance to beat them. It is a it is a problem, but at the same time, problem for who? Because in the end, like I said, most people peg them exactly where they are. They overachieve for a few seasons now and eating on a conference that was not very good. And all they did was Philly got a new coach. Brooklyn got some new pieces. New York playing well. And here we are. And and Atlanta playing way better. Like, that's something that we haven't talked about. But my God, like, that's all the things that happen. And look at where they are. They are where they're supposed to be. They, they were over... If anything, like we talked about, you know, stocks all the time, stocks being overinflated, Tesla stocks being overinflated. This is the pullback for Boston. This is where they should be. This is who they are. As long as the J's, the two J's are inconsistent, this is who they are. Like, because it's one thing, the, I think the other thing about Jason Tatum uh, and JN, um, well, the two J's, let's just say the two J's their stats doesn't necessarily lead to wins all the time. And I noticed that about Bam Adebayo uh, as well. So you got to be able to impact the game to where you are, you are actually making winning plays and helping the team win. So I would be interested in you guys tell us in the comments, hit us up. Of course, we're going to talk about this on Monday, but I would be interested to hear about their stats win versus losses. And I'm talking about the two J's because other than them, I don't look at anyone else. It's obvious those are two guys. Yeah, that's the two guys that are going to lead them. So in wins and losses, I would be very interested to know what their stats are. I'm not going to look it it up now because that would take too long. But, yeah, y'all let us know on Monday on on Clubhouse. But before we go, just one last thing. So you said 
they're a little overvalued or a little overhyped. But then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yo, the whole process to get this team together was a lot. I mean, look what Danny Ainge did. I mean, this dude accumulated picks for like, what, four years straight? Then you go get Jason Tatum, a lottery pick. Jalen Brown, a lottery pick. So it's like, aren't you, aren't we kind of expecting high hopes for Boston? For all this stuff, I mean, they didn't go get KD. They didn't go get Paul George. They signed Kimball Walker. They had Gordon Hayward. Then they got rid of him. Got Jalen Brown. Got Jason Tatum. Got Kimball Walker. Had Kyrie. Got rid of him. It's like, what else are you supposed to, you see what I'm saying? Like, Boston's supposed to be a contender. Like, so I can't really say they're overvalued. I say they're underachieving, if anything, because, like, no. Yes, you have young guys in your core, but you did spend four years accumulating a lot of picks to get high picks so you can get top players. And you got these top players. So it's like, okay, their third, fourth year. Well, time to go. Because you know who won a championship in their third year? Dwayne Wade. Yeah. I think I think the issue is they were – to me, they were overachievers in a, a conference that was lesser than because – they made it to the conference finals now two times, I think. Is that it? Once against the I Heat. I think once. once I think they got bounced in the second round twice. Okay. I don't think so, they went back I mean, after they lost, just, they lost to LeBron. Yeah, it, it just sounds like a team that's trying to get over the hump. That's why I say that they are who they are right now. They're figuring it out. And – you know, every Celtics fans that I talk about or talk to about this, they all say the same thing. It's like they put too much on Jason Tatum. Oh, okay, cool. So now we're in year what? Four or five? No. Jason year four, Tatum. Right? He came yeah, in the same year, year as Bam Adebayo. So, he, so year four now. And he's starting to put numbers on the board. But the team's not winning that many games. So I want to see next season when we have a full off season. Because to be honest, I don't think they're. I mean, I don't think they're doing anything this this off season. Um, this playoff. Probably not. It's accumulating more picks some way somehow. I don't, I don't think they're gonna do much in the playoffs this year. Um, just based off where they where they are, it's just people get so up. And I can say this about Miami as well. Was it a fluke? No, they overachieved. So does that mean that it's a fluke? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so because of all the injuries that that were happening. Where are the injuries for the for Boston Celtics? They, you know, Jason Tatum had COVID. He's still dealing with that. We can count that as an injury, but he's still playing well, even with the issues with with the lungs and everything. He's still playing well. Could he have been playing better? We'll never know, but. There's just no more excuses to be made for the Celtics. They are who they are this season. We can't look at all the different things they've done before. I think they're just we're overachieving those years, and they are who they are right now. Yeah, and I think they, I think, I think they got an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. Hmm. How so? I mean, you look at them. Are they a defensive team? Are they an up and down team? Are they a half court team? Are they a physical team? I would I mean if I, I look mean, at them, you got speed in Kimball Walker, you have high flying in in um in Jalen. Yeah, you got have, it, but do they play that way? You see what I'm saying? There's a difference. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of Boston Celtics, but I would say it just seems with those three guys, that's their 
big three. You know, Gordon Hayward's gone now. So that's their big Kemba three. and the two J's. Yeah. That's their big three, so to speak, who you look to for most of your offense. And that's a high-flying duo. Jason Tatum attacking from the perimeter. And then you have Jalen attacking the rim and Kimba attacking the rim as well. So I would think they wouldn't they want to be an up-tempo team. I don't know if they play that way, but it makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Sounds nice, but it's not what's happening. Right. You got to execute. Not at all. But anyway, thanks, guys, for tuning in to another week's episode. Uh, we'll definitely like, like to hear from you guys. So be sure to leave a comment on this week's episode along with any other episode from the following previous weeks. Also, be sure to join us on Clubhouse this Monday at 7 p.m. Again, this Monday at 7 p.m., please join us on Clubhouse. If you need an invite, go ahead and slide in the DMs on, at sports underscore cash underscore and let us know that you need an invite so, you can cl- so we can add you to the room. Um, on that note, thanks again for tuning into another week's episode, and we'll see you next time. All right, Cash Crew, until next time. This episode is brought to you in part by Sneaker Broker. Do you have a favorite sneaker that you've been waiting on, but it's sold out everywhere, including online? Shop with Sneaker Broker, a premium sneaker dealer based in Atlanta. They'll take care of you and try to find you whatever you need. Find out more by visiting their Instagram at SNKR underscore broker. That is at SNKR underscore broker to find out more. What's up, Cash Crew? This is KD. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to find us on social media at sports underscore cash underscore. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at sports cash podcast. And don't forget to hit that notification bell.